Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. On this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Kentucky head coach John Calipari. I caught up with him at SEC Media Day last week in Birmingham. I'll also have a conversation with Will Wade, the head coach of LSU, after the tragic murder of one of his players, Wade Sims. I caught up with Will at SEC Media Day as well in Birmingham. Before we get to the interviews, let me just review some of the headlines that I got at the two media days I was at this past week at SEC Media Day in Birmingham, and then the following day at 810 Media Day in Brooklyn. First off, there is no question, despite Tennessee and Auburn, especially Tennessee, returning essentially the majority of their team from a co-championship SEC team, I still went with Kentucky as the SEC champs. Kentucky is loaded, and the biggest difference for the Wildcats this season, unlike other years in the past, is they've got veteran guys. Reed Travis, a transfer from Stanford, he's a lean, mean machine. I mean, he's cut 20-plus pounds. His body fat's below 5%. He's a post-grad from Stanford. He knows what he's doing. He's going to be a great leader for this Kentucky team, which also brings back veterans like Quaddy Green, P.J. Washington, and Nick Richards. They've got an outstanding freshman class led by Keldon Johnson and Tyler Harrow. And this is a Kentucky team that I'm picking number one in the country in the preseason top 36, or power 36, excuse me. Behind them, I've got Tennessee. Rick Barnes has a great crew led by Grant Williams, and they legitimately have a chance, and they've had good luck and good fortune against Kentucky to unseat the Wildcats in the SEC, but I would like Kentucky better for the long haul for the NCAA tournament. Even though Bruce Pearl told me that his team's a work in progress and Austin Wiley's not 100% healthy, I like Auburn in that third spot. And Mississippi State, Ben Howland, who took UCLA to three straight Final Fours, I think the Bulldogs will be in the NCAA tournament and will finish in that four spot. And then after that, it is wide open. LSU, Alabama, Vanderbilt, South Carolina even. I mean, I would look at them as a team that definitely could finish somewhere in that grouping in contention for an NCAA tournament berth. This league is deep. I think it could go 9 or 10, where 9 to 10 teams are feeling like they have a legitimate shot. I wouldn't count out Missouri either with Jonte Porter. Conzo Martin telling me he's essentially unstoppable. So there are 10, legit, 10 teams, I think, legitimately, uh, who feel going into the season like they could be in the NCAA tournament. 
I'm not eliminating totally Arkansas, Texas A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, but those four are certainly going through a little bit of a bridge season. Uh, I don't like to use the term rebuilding. I think there's a little more of a bridge. But I think there are 10 that feel like they could get in the tournament in some form when we get to late February, early March. In the Atlantic 10, I was there in Brooklyn on Thursday. Uh, Look, they predicted St. Louis to win it. I'm going with Davidson. Kellen Grady's the best player in the league. Bob McKillop's best coach. They won the 8-10 tournament last year. I'm leaning Davidson over St. Louis and then St. Joe's, which is finally healthy with Lamar Kimball and Charlie Brown Jr. Now, Deion Wiley and uh, Tremaine Isbell, two transfers from Maryland and and Drexel, respectively. They'll join Javon Best, who was already there, transfer from Michigan State at St. Louis. So got to make sure all those pieces fit together. And then George Mason, Otis Livingston II, He's a stud, and the Patriots certainly could be last season's Davidson team, a team that wins the A-10 tournament and makes it four bids into the NCAA tournament. I think it could happen. With Rhode Island, a little bit of a reshuffling because they lost some key guys, probably on that fringe in that five spot. So I think actually the A-10 is going to be deeper at the top with more bids. The SEC legitimately could be one of the deepest conferences in the country and could possibly pass the ACC, and produce the most bids in the NCAA tournament. Got a long way to go till then. So let's visit with John Calipari, the head coach of Kentucky. Conversation with him at SEC Media Day in Birmingham. Welcome to a special edition of March Madness 365, our podcast edition. I'm here at SEC Media Day with the Hall of Famer, Kentucky head coach John Calipari. Uh, John, I had you guys number one in the country. Uh, this year? Yeah, this year. That's the only reason I'm doing this yes. interview, by the way. Uh, I'm not always right, but I have a good feeling because you got a great blend. So, so far in practice, and I know you took a summer trip, but what have you seen with the veteran guys and the newcomers, how this team could really mesh together? The, the newcomers are figuring out how hard this is. So the grind has just begun for them, and they've done well, partly because they have no choice because of the competition. When you have 10 guys... Um, that are all in the same area. Now, some are better, and you'll, you'll be able to see it, but every one of those guys can play. So the veterans that came back, Nick is way better. Quade is not even the same guy. Um, PJ is way better. Um, and then you add Reed to that. I mean, Reed has been... You know, uh, that veteran presence, the, the guy that talks on defense. You know, the hardest thing to get young players to do is speak to each other, uh, to play for each other. Why? Because their whole career has been about them. When they get the ball, they hold it and try to make a play. When they don't have the ball, they watch until they can get the ball back. Um, they're not going to talk to you because they're, they're thinking of what they're going to do. To get them out of themselves usually takes two or three years. Well, he's done that for us, and uh, plus he's a grown man. He's physically a grown man. Phenomenal player at Stanford. Why in this case did you feel you needed another piece, a veteran piece? Because you haven't normally done that where you've gotten that that transfer. Well, here's uh, the reason I never believed in the graduate transfer rule was that the bigger programs were poaching the mid-majors, and by doing that to take that guy – you basically got that coach fired. If you're, you can sleep at night with that, that's fine. But you got that coach fired. The second piece that I didn't like about it was 
it's been proven that those kids never really helped themselves more than they would have by staying. So they didn't help themselves other than ego. I'm at a bigger program. The academic piece, you're there one year. How'd you get your college degree, your graduate degree? So in this case, what made it different was reaching out and having Reed say, I'm going to graduate. I'm not getting what I need. I've done this for first team all conference two years in a row. I've done everything I could do here. And I'm not a draftable player. So I want to come with you. I want you. And I said to him, now, Reed, you average 20 points a game. What if you average 13, 14? Are you okay with that? You average 11 rebounds. You can get 11 rebounds. I'm good with that. But do you understand what this is here? This is a culture. This is a competitive. Every day you're going to get better against someone who's just as good as you. You're going to learn to play quicker. Because you're not going to be able to bully people. You're not going to be able to gather yourself. It's quickness to the rim. It's going to be running. You need to lose weight. He went from 262 down to 245. So he comes in and I go, you're 245. Wow. You think we can get to 240? He said, you know, he nodded. I said, what's your body fat? He said, 5.4. So we'd have to take a kidney. I mean, if you're 5.4, maybe that's his body. Maybe he's that big. So, PJ, I'm now playing him and putting him at some three. But I'm telling him, you have to be more consistent with your skills for me to do this. So what's he do? He's spending extra time. You look at his body, not even the same kid. You look at his energy. You look at the year really helped him. Nick, not the same guy either. I mean, people down in the Bahamas, the NBA people said, I can't. Who who is that kid? I said, that was a kid from a year ago. No way. So I'm happy for those kids. But we do have a good group of young people, too. How much did you think that this group would come back? All these players really needed to come back. But that doesn't always happen. Well, I I thought that Quad A and Nick would because of their feeling on how it ended the season for them. I wasn't sure about P.J., Um, The question became, do you want to be a second-round pick or do you want to be a first-round pick? You're not going to be a first-round pick this year. If you want to be a second-round pick, then that's fine. Um, You know, with Hami and and Jared Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt's injuries kind of forced him. He only played 12 games. Uh, Both those guys signed $4 million contracts. So I'm good with what they did, but they knew you're not going to be a first-round pick. Are you still good? So I'm... I'm thinking the only one that might not come back at the time I was thinking would be P.J. I thought the other two would. Opening with Duke, this is what everyone in college basketball wanted. A a star-studded kind of opening night. You guys, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Kansas in the Champions Classic. What are your emotions of going into a headline game like that to start the season? Obviously, I would say neither program wants that to be your first game out of the gate because we both deal with a lot of young kids. Um, and I have really tried not to focus on any of my energy on that because I don't want these kids thinking ahead. And I'm telling them, we just got to stay here. The other thing with my team, because of the Bahamas, we're a little bit ahead of where I want us to be. So to pull back doesn't mean you don't work, you don't, but it's more individual challenge to create habits, less scrimmaging where normally I'd be scrimmaging a lot more with this group because we do have veterans. But I'm trying to get these young 
caught up. So I'm not really coaching as we speak for Duke. I'm coaching for the long haul. I want us to be in November. I want us to look like it's November. I don't want to look like it's January, February. You got no growth. So we want to have that. So by the time we finish in March, we're playing our best. It's what I try to do every year with my teams. But as a fan of the sport, because obviously you have to be, what does this do for the sport to have a game like this to tip it off? Oh, yeah, it's great. You know, it's great. I think, uh, um, you know, having teams that are willing to do this this early, you know, um, last year we played UCLA early or two years ago. They beat us. And then we play them in the NCAA tournament and we get them. So it's, you know, you want to play these people. You don't know what it means. You know, what will, and it's not a big game unless we win. Then it's huge game. <laughs> but I tell the team before a game like that, it's not a big game. We got 30 left. It's the next game. Unless we win, then it's a, it's a different story. Thanks, John. Thanks. And up next here on March Madness 365, my conversation with LSU head coach Will Wade after the tragic passing of Wade Sims. Welcome back to March Madness 365. Pleased to be joined by LSU head coach Will Wade here at SEC Media Day. And Will, it's been an unbelievable time that you and your staff and your team and university have gone through. Just right at the beginning, how are you and the team holding up after the death of Wade Sims? You know, it's been difficult, something we're dealing with day by day, hour by hour. Fortunately, our university's given us a lot of um, support. We uh, are now working with um, an expert in, in post-traumatic stress, Bob Delaney, a former NBA official who's been through, you know, who's been through a lot uh, from his undercover life and, and a bunch of different things. But he's been working with our team and just working to, for us to, to move forward uh, a little bit every day, get a little bit better every day as we as we go forward but wade was a, a vital part of what we do and he's one of those guys that was well liked by everybody on staff everybody uh in our locker room so it's made that it's made it even tougher this is not in the coaching rule book to deal with tragedy like this how did you handle those first moments when you found out and you having to tell teammates that literally were next to him in the locker room that you know played with him that walked to class with him hung out with him when you knew that you had to have those kind of discussions, how'd you handle that? Yeah, it was, you know, very tough. You know, I was at the hospital within 20 minutes, 30 minutes of when, of when, uh, of when he arrived at the hospital. And then we had a couple players who had found out and, and were down there at the hospital. So they knew, but then we had, you know, it happened about 1230 and we got to the hospital about one and we informed the rest of the team at 630 in the morning. But luckily between when it happened and when we informed the team, we were able to get a group of counselors. We were able to get some folks uh, together. But I thought it was, you know, just important that there is no manual for it. There is no book on how you do things. And so really we just, I just kind of felt it out based on, you know, it was all right for me to let my emotions out. It was all right for our, our team and our players to let their emotions out and then we you know I told him I said we're going to help you get through it and you're going to help us get through it as a staff and we're all going to all going to get through it together and then we just slowly have begun the process of, of, of moving forward as best we can but we're going to do everything we can to remember him and honor him uh, this season and as we move forward in our program. When you get that phone call I mean that at that hour of the evening you know, if you can, just put me in that moment when the phone rings. What was exactly said to you, and then what did you immediately feel? 
Well, your, your heart sinks. I sleep with, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, I sleep with my phone on my pillow. And uh, I always have as an assistant and a head coach, just in case something happens. And when you see a number that, that you know it's it's not good news, and, um, you know, your heart just sinks. Uh, it was actually one of my other players who had called me and uh, said that, you know, they said, well, Wade's, Wade's passed away, Wade's dead. And that's, and I, at the time, I, did, I thought maybe they were just overreacting. And, and, you know, I knew he'd been shot, obviously. And then when I got in the car to go to the hospital, I called a couple people I know around town and law enforcement, and they, they had pretty much confirmed it. But, uh, I mean, you're just in shock, really. And then, you know, then you kind of immediately as a coach, you shift into, all right, I got to be there for everybody else. I got to. I gotta, I gotta make sure everybody else is taken care of, and then, really, after the funeral, which was about a week later, a week, week and a couple of days later, that's when it really kind of sinks in with you because you're so focused on everybody else and making sure everybody else is, you know, is doing what they need to do, and you're serving them as best you can to help them get through it, and then it, then it hits home with you after that. So, what have you done in the locker room or on the uniforms uh, to memorialize Wade? Yeah, we've left his locker uh, as it was the day that, that we were there. We put a piece of plexiglass over it. Uh, we took our team picture last night, and we had him front and center with just his, just his jersey. We're going to wear a patch on our on our jerseys this season, and then we're going to do some you know we're going to do some other things that'll have a little bit longer lasting effect in our program as as we move forward. How are they doing? You say there you know there's obviously PTSD related to this, but how are they doing? We're doing better, you know. Every day is 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 a little bit better. I think getting back into, I'm not going to call it a sense of normalcy, but just a routine, a, 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 a getting into our normal routine and going about our, our our normal business and practice and class. I think that's really helped us just get our mind off of things. But there's certainly, you know, there's certainly moments. There's moments when I look down in practice and. He's not there. I look down and, you know, I know this was a drill he was good at and you're looking for somebody to lead and he's not there. And there's certainly moments with, that our guys do the same. You know, Skylar Mays, one of our, our very good players who's a junior, they've, they've had the same locker next to each other since high school. They went to high school together. They played AAU together. They've known each other since they were five years old. And so he's got the locker right next to him. So every day when he walks in the locker room, you know, there's, there's, there's that. So, you know, everybody's one of the tough parts is everybody's at different stages you know not everybody's far along not everybody's not very far along you got people all in between so you really have to allow everybody to to move forward differently and and be there for everybody depending on what step that they're in and where are you Uh, we're moving forward um you know i have i have good days and, and, and and bad days and just like just like everybody else but we're doing everything we can to move forward and honor Wade with you know how we play and how we practice and how we prepare because that's what that's what he'd want you know he was a very dedicated person he was a very consistent person he was very dependable and um, you know I'm trying to make sure that that I'm that for him and his family as we move forward and uh, we we get the most we can out of this year to, to honor him as best we can. Well I appreciate you taking some time and Know our thoughts and prayers are out to the entire LSU community as well. Thanks so much, Andy. And that's a wrap on March Madness 365. We'll be back next week after a visit ACC and Big East Media Day. As always, you can find our podcast wherever you find Turner Podcasts and across all our March Madness social media platforms. Thanks for listening. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. 